This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Week 15 of the National Football League. We've almost made it, my friend, all the way to the end. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being with us here on NFL Friday. Alongside Nolan Silbernagel, I'm DJ Sixsmith. Nolan, I haven't been with you since week one. I just went on an extended vacation. I think I was afraid of my bold predictions. I just ran away from them. I know. What a, what a long stretch of time it has been, DJ. And so much has happened since that week one. And don't worry about your bold, bold predictions. Mine was that we'd be seeing a Manning Super Bowl. And yeah, that, uh, not so much. Not so much after this week. It's officially done. So. so week 15 got off to a start last night. A pretty impressive game from the San Diego Chargers, winning 27-20 against Peyton Manning, the Denver Broncos. And how about Phillip Rivers? This team was 5-7 and seven a couple weeks ago on the brink of elimination in the playoffs. Rivers didn't put up the most amazing stats last night, but his relationship with Keenan Allen as his main receiver. Keenan had two catches yesterday. Both were touchdowns, including one where he leaped over a defender to get to the end zone. And quickly, Allen, who's had five games over 100 yards, two touchdowns each of the last two weeks, is becoming a huge weapon, and one of the biggest reasons why, Nolan, San Diego is right in the thick of things in the playoff race. Yeah, I mean, you said it. Last week, uh, Mac and I were thinking, we were just hypothetically asking, who's going to take that second wild card spot in the AFC? Who who could it be? And actually, you know, before I looked at the schedule, I thought, you know, the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, he's been having a great year. Uh, Chargers, they're always, like, right on that edge of either – being great or right on that edge of being a playoff team. So, you know, I was like, okay. And then Mac was like, oh, you know, they got the Broncos again. They got the Chiefs. You know, there's no way. But then they come out. They, you know, they hit Peyton Manning. They hit the Broncos right on the nose. And then they got the Raiders this week. I mean, this could definitely be a team that we see in the playoffs. They played exceptionally well. They took on, you know, Broncos team that everyone seems to think is one of the best, if not the best in the league. And, um, you know, Going up against the Raiders, it's a good time to be a Chargers fan. Going to be optimistic for sure. The Chargers have had such a strange season because they've beaten the Broncos, they've beaten the Chiefs, they've beaten the Cowboys, but then they've lost teams like the Redskins and the Titans. It just doesn't make sense, but it seems like they're finally finding their groove. And one of the biggest reasons has to be Ryan Matthews, who is really forgotten in this win yesterday. 29 carries, 127 yards rushing and a touchdown. Nolan, this was a 24-10 game and almost – a classic choke job by Phillip Rivers and the San Diego Chargers. That's one of the biggest issues they've had. Were you surprised that Peyton Manning wasn't able to get the job done because he scores that first touchdown? You think, okay, five minutes left. Here comes Peyton again. But of all people, the San Diego defense steps up and gets the job yeah, done. Yeah, that, that's just unbelievable. I mean, if you're in that situation, it, it's similar to if Tom Brady has that amount of time. You just kind of think it's like almost game over. It's like obviously you're not protecting the lead, but it's like as if uh, Mariano Rivera is coming to a game. It's like you're, you're in the position you want to be. You're, you're with the players that you want to have, and it just seemed like it was going to work out for Denver. But definitely props to the Chargers for being able to hold on to that. Absolutely their season was on the line right there. And um. Just really great moving forward, but definitely uh, I think what was a big thing that uh, some people forget about is that Wes Wel- Wel- Walker, Walker was yeah. out. My bad. He, he was out. Yeah, he was out with that concussion. So, um, you know, Broncos only put up 20 points without him there. So he's definitely going to have to get better, I think, to have uh, Denver be as dominant as they have been in the past. And the sure. funny thing about Welker is that when he's in the lineup, sometimes he goes unnoticed. He doesn't have the big game. It can be Julius Thomas. It can be Decker. It can be Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, he's not in the lineup, and the Denver offense doesn't look like it usually does. So I guess my question is, Nolan, what does this game say more about? 
the Chargers as a team on the rise or maybe the Broncos not being as good as we really thought they were? No, I, I mean, I, I, it's, you can get both out of it, honestly. I mean, it's definitely eye-opening to see that from the Broncos. You know, it's always interesting to see a team not go 15-1 and one or 14-2. Or, and 14 and two. So, uh, you know, I think some people might be accustomed to seeing that. But I think the Broncos still are definitely the real deal. Um, I know everyone was saying that Patriot fans were cheering over on the East Coast when they saw that they had lost. So they're still right up there in the conference. But, um, you know, I think what I take away more from this is probably the Chargers because it was more of like their backs were against the wall. They needed it, and they responded. I mean, you go in with your season on the line against the Broncos. On the road in On the road. I mean, you're probably thinking it's over, and they didn't give up. And, you know, I definitely give a lot of credit to the Chargers, probably more so for them than um, disrespect to the Broncos, definitely. So now things get a lot more interesting atop the AFC because at 10-3, and the Patriots, if they win this weekend, are tied up with the Broncos. So is there any opportunity New England moves ahead of Denver because the Broncos play at Houston, a team that really has nothing to play for, Mm -hmm. at Oakland? So those are certainly two winnable games. But, I mean, is it out of the question that we could see the Patriots make a run without Rob Gronkowski? I mean, this team struggled to beat Cleveland last week, but they still have all the pieces and seem to have those timely plays defensively and offensively when they need to. Well, I definitely think they're a better team with Gronkowski. I I mean, their offense just really took off once Gronkowski. The receivers uh, have developed, though, which is good. They have, they have. I think losing like the best tight end in the league, you know, one of the best, just absolute monsters like that. I mean, it's going to hurt. I mean, granted, yeah, they have some easy matchups coming up. They might get that number one seed just by nature of how far into the season they are. But, um, I mean, I think that blow to Gronkowski is going to be really bad. I know a lot of Patriot fans were um, pretty devastated when that happened because, you know, if you're a Patriot fan, it, it's not a matter of winning the AFC East. It's not a matter of winning a game or two in the playoffs. It's, it's, all, it's always Super Bowl or bust. So, you know, even if they get the number one seed, it's going to be tough for them to even make the Super Bowl, I believe. Without Gronkowski, I mean, it's nothing against the Patriots, but if any team were to lose one of their top, if not their top, offensive threat, it's going to be a huge blow. So, I mean, I think that's going to be I think that's going to be really tough for them moving forward. It's incredible. Huge, huge loss. The guy can't stay healthy. I mean, yeah. it seems like each and every year he has another injury. And, Nolan, injuries are certainly a big storyline this week in the NFL, most particularly with the quarterback position. And let's start with Jay Cutler because Josh McCown's been playing pretty good football for the Chicago Bears. Led the team to a win against Dallas on Monday night, and now Cutler comes back. You got his team trying to be in the thick of things for the NFC North, going head-to-head with the Lions in that division. Now they play a Cleveland team that really gave New England a tough time. So I'm of the mindset that if McCown's playing well, why do you take him out? Because obviously Cutler's your guy. McCown has been great. I mean, he's been really good for Chicago. Why change things now? Exactly. I mean, I get... It's just one of those things where, I guess in the NFL or in sports, they just think someone has earned that position. They've earned that starting quarterback title. And, you know, I guess they thought that uh, McCown hasn't done enough to rise above that and to overtake Cutler. But um, I would give him a very – I would give Cutler a very short leash. I mean, if he's not looking good that first half and you're still in it, you know, you got to go with what's been working right here, right now. But um, if you're McCown, like, how do you how do you go about this? Are you upset? Well, that's the nature of being a backup quarterback. That's that's where you come into. Okay, I fill in when the guy's hurt, and then as soon as he comes back, it's his position once again. But – you know what? It may not be the last time we've seen McCown because Cutler came back from his first injury and got hurt again. So it's certainly not out of the question that Josh McCown could be playing again, but it just doesn't exude confidence if you put Cutler in and then if he's not playing well, all of a sudden you take him out. I mean, this is 7-6 and six yeah. team. They're tied with Detroit. Lions have a tough game at home against the Ravens. The Bears should yeah. win this yeah. game at Cleveland. Brown's got a great defense, but 
Jay Cutler, your first time coming back. Cleveland's not an easy place to play in. It's certainly a good defense. They gave Tom Brady fits. This is not the way you want to bring your star quarterback back Definitely. into the mix. And then you don't want to be because then what happens if McCown does bad? And then what happens if this happens? And then I I think you know you would maybe go with McCown until it just didn't start working anymore. And then it's just Collar from here on out. You know, but um, I, I mean yeah, like you said, you don't want to be juggling the quarterbacks. You don't want to have something that the Jets were experiencing where. It was sometimes it was any Tebow comparison to the Shane. Jets is no yeah good. exactly where uh, Tebow was doing one thing or if Shan Sanchez was looking good or if Geno Smith was looking good or should this person go so it was it's just like a merry-go-round it, it, you know it's a toss-up and you know the players the quarterbacks especially they have enough to worry about you know job security or you know being pulled it should not be on the top of that list but unfortunately that's the problem that uh the bears find themselves in moving forward and it's not like he has any time to get his feet underneath him because you go at cleveland then sunday night at the link against the philadelphia eagles who are right in the mix in the and, NFC and, East. and they've been one of the hottest teams in football they've nick Foles is playing his yep. he's doing his part and then uh -huh. all of a sudden you go at home against green bay even though the packers don't have anything to play for aaron Rodgers could be the back for that game and let's talk about the green bay packers now because the big question this week was whether or not Aaron Rodgers would play. The team's going to Dallas and barely has a pulse in the playoff picture. And when I look at Aaron Rodgers, I, th I see a guy that certainly has been hurt, Nolan. He had a broken collarbone, what? but at a certain point, you got to come back and help your team. I look at the NBA example with Derrick Rose and his torn ACL. Guy was medically cleared to play, just as Aaron Rodgers has been medically cleared to play, but he says he's in too much pain. Nolan, at a certain point, if you're a teammate of Aaron Rodgers, do you start to question his integrity because yes, Green Bay may not really be in the thick of things in the NFC playoff picture, but Rodgers has the capability of saving this season, especially in the NFC North. So I find it hard to see him sitting on the sideline, especially with the way Matt Flynn has played and the rest yeah, of that. Yeah, it offense. has not worked. I mean, they have just been such a different team without without Rodgers, and you know, you could say it hurts. You know, you're in pain, but that you can only do that if, or you can only say that if you think that pain and that. Uh, you know, that discomfort is so much that it would actually greatly affect your performance on the field where you are not better than Flynn or better whoever the Packers have sent out. But I find that hard to believe that Rodgers and, and so I, I would take a Rodgers with a busted arm over Flynn oh, like no any question. day of the week. I mean, the guy is just what he does out there, the decisions he makes, the way he manages everything. I mean, there's a reason why he's like uh, he's an M NFL MVP. So, um, you know, it's definitely definitely tough. I mean, I'm sure if the Packers were. Ten and three, fighting for that first spot or doing whatever. All really think I'm sure he'd be willing to go and get ready to get ready to fight in. But you know, on a team that's you know six six and one, barely around five hundred. You know, like you said, playoff hopes pretty diminished. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see that about the character. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what I would think as a Packers fan because Rodgers has been that answer to Brett Favre. I mean, leaving. he's the guy that brought you Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he brought can you, you question Super Bowl. Him? I st I still think you can question. Definitely. Him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as a professional athlete if you have the ability to go onto that field and help your team and at least fight for the team i mean if they were if they were like the redskins three and ten absolutely nothing to go then all right then but, okay. but they there's i mean they still have a game against the bears they still have this you know they still have three games left they're not completely out of it so to not be playing because it hurts too much i think it's kind of weak and it's not like there aren't other quarterbacks in this league playing through pain either i mean we've had peyton manning playing on a busted ankle we've got tom brady having issues with his hand and those guys are out there competing. It's not even a question whether or not they're going to go every week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, a great by point Pat. Pat. Yeah. And you look at some of the other quarterbacks we've mentioned, guys like Jay Cutler, who's come in and out of the lineup, and as much grief as he got for a couple of years ago sitting out in the NFC Championship, 
Guy's been tough as much yeah, as he, 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 gets he gets hit hard. He gets hit like as much as any other quarterback in the league. But uh, I was thinking, I mean, has Rodgers ever really had like a serious injury? This is his first this? major. You know, injury, I, yeah. I'm wondering if he like doesn't know how to handle something like that or, or know how to react to it. And you think about and he this, he might be a little shaken up, honestly, because because you know you go like with someone like Collar, who's a legit punching bag. You know, I think he's used to getting beat up on. But Rodgers, you know, as as far as big injuries like this, if it's his first time around, guy. I, has a fractured collarbone. We have to remember that. It's not just an ankle injury. It's not just a groin injury. That's true. I mean, this is a serious injury, and it affects the way you throw the football, and we totally understand that. And you mentioned Washington. You look at what RG3 has been this year. With a bum knee, it's been an awful season. The guy never should have been out there until he was really ready, and that has hurt that franchise. And you think about what's going on down there in D.C. now. You have Mike Shanahan and Dan Snyder oh, butting man, heads. What I mean, a week. Who just... knows what's going to happen to Mike Shanahan? He said he was going to quit after they made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Washington right now, I just scrap Mike Shanahan. Right here, middle right. season? No, I mean at the end of the season. At end of the season. End I, of the I season. think I, I, I would be shocked if Shanahan stays in Washington. But now here's the I'd interesting thing. Here's, here's a debate I would like to have. We have Kirk Cousins, who's going to play the next three games. And if Kirk Cousins plays well, what do you do with the RG3 Cousins situation? Because – does he have more trade value than RG3 Absolutely. coming off a bad Absolutely. season? I mean, everything that Washington gave up to get RG3, rookie of the year numbers, I mean, you got to stick with RG3. That's what you made your investment in. You have to stick with that. But with Cousins, if he puts on a clinic these next three weeks, if he does really well, you said it, DJ. I mean, that could be huge trade bait to move forward. And if that was their idea moving forward, I don't know. I'm not sure why the Redskins drafted Cousins. I, I, I didn't agree with it. Moving forward, I mean, to get two high-profile quarterbacks. It was strange because you get your first-round pick yep. in RG3, and then you'd think logically, okay, let's get a veteran exactly. to have. So you have Rex Grossman, but then third, fourth round, you take Cousins, and it just boggles the, the mind. Yeah, exactly. But if it works out where Cousins – I, I think there's no way whatever Cousins done, Cousins uh, will do – it will make him the starter for the Redskins. I don't see that happening. But hey, Pat it, Burns thinks that Cousins could be the starter. I don't. I, I don't Long see term. that. I don't see how. Because then what happens with RG three after you gave how how much did the Redskins give up to get RG three? I mean, like three first rounders, like a bunch of. But here's the thing about Cousins: it's not just these three weeks that he's playing. He came in last year when RG three was hurt. He did, and we he was still impressive. And he's a guy that played all four years at Michigan State. Yeah. No, I know Cousins numbers. is a great player, and I, I'm a Michigan fan. I watched him play at Michigan State. I know he's a good player, but I feel like he whatever he does in the next few weeks is Doesn't to raise, is to raise his RG3. stock value is is for him for his credibility credibility and for moving forward for the Redskins. There's absolutely no way that he bumps RG three to to backup quarterback. There's just no way. Yeah, Nolan, I agree. I, I like your point that, you know, he's their investment and they should stick with him. And I agree with that to an extent. But I also look at Kirk Cousins and I'm biased towards, you know, that standard pocket passer because I think they have more longevity in this league. I think you're going to get long term or you have the potential to get long term. But do you know what kind of whiplash there would be? I mean, but the big the, question the, the is Skins Nolan. really traded away. Their franchise. I mean, they're the there's no justifying. I completely get you can't, that. You can't bench it. But here's the biggest question: RG 3s game is so conducive to him being able to move in and out of the pocket. Exactly. It was such a major knee injury that he had, a major knee surgery. Is he ever going to be able to be the same quarterback he was his rookie year? I think that's the biggest fear in Washington. I agree with you. There's no justifying trading RG three and keeping Cousins because of everything you gave up to Definitely the Cleveland not. Browns. No way. But if RG three is just an average run-of-the-mill quarterback who can put up some decent numbers along the way throwing and can run occasionally, but 
there's such a fear with him running. How do you keep him as your starting quarterback and have the same type of success? It's a huge dilemma in Washington, and thankfully it's not my decision to exactly. make. But I'm, Dan I, Snyder's got to be killing himself with this. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, I mean, I just know personally that if it was me, it's like being in a bad relationship or like a bad marriage. You know, you're not supposed to back out of it. You're supposed to try to make it work. I mean, for your fans, for what you did, you have to somehow make it work because of everything that you gave up. You can't just have it be like, oh, well, you have a bum knee now, so that was a fun year we had. That's it. I mean, I don't know how the fans would take it. I don't know how the players would take it. I mean, RG3, he's your franchise quarterback. That's what you put into it. And, you know, if two, three years down the line it doesn't work out, then you draft another high quarterback and you try to start it all over again. But, like I said, I think anything that Cousins does – helps the Redskins in terms of trade value. It doesn't help them in terms of future starting quarterback. Unless, I mean, he would, I mean, RG3 would have to continue fighting with coaching staff. It's just one continue year. Having I mean, bad it's one year. Situa- exactly. Cousins would have to put up like 500 yards a game. I mean, it would have to be <laughs> truly like Tom Brady-esque uh, overtaking Drew Bledsoe. I mean, that's exactly how it would have to be. Well, here's the good news for the Washington Redskins. They are not the only atrocity in the NFC East. Eric Malo tells us about that other team, the New York football Giants. San Diego is one of America's most beautiful cities. But Sunday's matchup against the Chargers was one of the Giants' more ugly games of 2013. Phillip Rivers did whatever he wanted to a Giants secondary that looked like they got a little too much California sun, and Eli Manning threw two more interceptions to give him a league-leading 21 picks on the season. Up next for the 5-8 Giants is a home matchup with the Seahawks. And while Seattle tends to play better at home than on the road, they're one of the NFL's most talented teams. And Coach Tom Coughlin knows they'll be one of the Giants' toughest offensive opponents this season. We prepare for a very, very good Seattle Seahawks team. Their offense is 12th, but uh, a very, very good uh, core of offensive players. Led by an efficient Russell Wilson and a beastly Marshawn Lynch, their offense consistently puts together good performances and rarely turns the ball over. And on defense, they're just plain sick. An all-pro secondary and as deep a defensive front seven as any team, the Giants offense is going to have their hands full. So, how will Big Blue keep from embarrassing themselves this Sunday? It'll be tough. They need not turn the ball over, and they have to find some way to control the line of scrimmage. Seattle's defensive line is loaded, and the same could be said for their O-line. On both sides of the ball, the Hawks are difficult to control, which is what makes them so good. I want to say this is the kind of game the Giants will play hard for. On their home turf, there's still a chance of 500. It makes sense. But it's been a season marred by disappointing performances, and although I don't think it'll be a blowout, I expect another subpar performance this Sunday. From FUV's most pessimistic beat reporter, my prediction, Seattle 31, Giants 16. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. You can't blame Eric Malo no. for being pessimistic. At Absolutely this point. not. You could actually feel the sadness and pain in his voice as he was reading that, <laughs> just knowing that 
You know, two years be reporting for the Giants, two no trips to the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, there's been some really upsetting teams this year, Falcons, Texans, but Giants, you know, they're pretty much right up there. I mean, after going 0-6, I mean. Yeah, I mean, after, yeah, after going 0-6, you know, you kind of felt like it was over with and then getting the five straight, people were getting happy. But uh, you know, it, there's just no way. I mean, you can't just start 0-6 and make the playoffs. But, you know, I think he's – Pretty realistic. I mean, Seattle, they're not the same team when they're on the road compared to at home. Sure. But, you know, I, I'd say I'd, I'd give them a two-touchdown favorite, definitely. So, DJ Sixmith, Nolan Silbernagel back here on NFL Friday, breaking down the Giants and Seattle Seahawks. And interesting for the Seahawks right now, after losing to the 49ers, I'm curious how they bounce back because Russell Wilson has been putting up good numbers this year, but the tag game manager really is fitting to him, similar mm-hmm. to Alex Smith. And when it comes to tough games on the road like this, I'm I'm interested to see how Wilson responds. And obviously the Giants are a team with really not a lot to fight for right now at 5-8. and eight, But no, Wilson has something to prove at this point because one of the biggest reasons why the Seahawks failed in the playoffs last year was that Wilson just couldn't make enough plays mm-hmm. when he yeah. needed to. And obviously going 11-2, and two, you can do great in the regular season. But when it comes to playing on the road, it can get a lot Absolutely. tougher. And Nolan, especially if you lose this game, suddenly New Orleans at 10-3 and three, if they win. They're tied, and they have an opportunity to take the number one seed. So right now it's not an issue. The playoffs can run through Seattle, but with such sky-high expectations, I want to see a little bit more from Wilson this week because I know what I'm getting from Marshawn Lynch. The Giants don't have the best secondary, but still, Wilson should be putting up the numbers he needs to to demonstrate that he's ready for the moment. This is definitely the secondary for Wilson to air it out. And, you know, Seattle, they're still sitting pretty well to get this – to get the – home field advantage because they're 11 they're 11 to game ahead of the saints like you said but then they um uh they have that tiebreaker over them when they demolish them you and know, who the heck is beating stadium. seattle at their and, place. and exactly but i but like you said um you know I, even though it's not like a dire situation like the chargers like we talked about where season's on the line i think the seahawk players know how much better they perform at home and it, it's such a huge advantage if they can run through the playoffs at home, you know, on the way to the Super Bowl. So I think there's a lot for them to play with. They're going to against a really not that good of a Giants team, and I, I would be shocked if I don't see Seattle 12 and two at the end of this weekend. Okay, let's discuss the G-men now because there are a couple different storylines here. The main one being Jason Pierre-Paul yep. and his shoulder injury mm-hmm. because he's pretty banged up. And early on in the season, he sat out a game, but then as the Giants went on the run, he was an instrumental part in playing. Now. The doctors are telling him to shut it down, and he continue, He wants to still play. But, you know, at this point, get healthy for next exactly, season. Exactly, exactly. I think that's the only thing you can do. And I think a lot of people have questioned his integrity because of the whole shoulder injury thing and similar to Justin Tuck, just the commitment on the defensive line. Because let's be honest, folks, the Giants' defensive line has not been what it has been in the past this Ever, year. Yeah, even the year they won the Super Bowl, it, it wasn't – just as dominating or as as fearsome. I mean, it was good. Like obviously, it was good. And but, Pierre but Paul just said flashes this crazy. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just as dominant. So don't get me wrong, good, but just not as dominant. So that's been a few years removed from a really good defensive line. And JPP, I mean, he's been talking about that shoulder and his injuries and his pain, you know, pretty much the whole season. And like I said about Aaron Rodgers, it's football. You're gonna play through pain. Everyone is hurt. It's week 15. Everyone's feeling it, but. It shouldn't keep you off the field unless you truly believe it hinders your performance so much. And it hinders the team. And hinders the team so much that literally the second stringer should be on that field. But, you know, unlike the Packers where the Giants season is completely over, doesn't matter what happens, then I think JPP should just take a seat, 
rest up and just get ready for another year because I'd be shocked if the Giants have another 0-6 star. I mean, that was just a freakish bad That's not happening back-to-back It's not happening back-to-back years. I, Giants will be contenders again next year. Rest up for that, definitely. I mean, it's three games. The most you can get is 8-8, eight, eight, eight and eight, and that's kind of the worst situation to be in because you're getting a middle-of-the-pack draft pick and you're not making the playoffs. So there's really no motivation to play right now for him because he's hurt. At this point, at 5-8, and eight, like you said, bottoming out may not be the worst thing in the world because the Giants have so many needs. And so if you continue needs. to be mediocre and finish uh-huh. at 8-8, eight and eight, then your team doesn't build for the future. And one of the biggest problems with the Giants is that they haven't flunked like they mm-hmm. have needed to. So this is the perfect season for it. And I think that brings up a few more questions about the future of the New York football Giants because let's look at somebody like Hakeem Nix, who really has not had the season that just many so fans disappointing. thought so he would. So disappointing. Definitely. He's been a huge disappointment. You just paid Victor Cruz. Now he's going to be coming up. And the biggest question is, will the Giants pay him? And I think – Listen, Ruben Randall has been a nice addition to the offense, but he's not the same value as Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix does so much for you on the outside, even if he's not productive, Nolan, because Victor Cruz can do his thing up the slot. Ruben Randall can do his thing, but Ruben Randall's not a big-time receiver on the outside. So you don't don't think Randall makes the players around him better? He just gets exposed. I think he he makes the players around him better. He he just gets better opportunities because of the way Hakeem Nix has more of a monumental impact on the Giants' offense. I think Randall is starting to develop into that role where he's making Cruz better, where he's making Brandon Myers better. But I think he tops out at what Mario Manningham did, a guy that can get down the field in the slot, occasionally on the outside. But Nix is such an explosive receiver when healthy, such a big-time target. That's something that's tough to lose. Do you think he deserves to get paid? I think so. I mean, obviously, he's had a couple bad years. But think about the Giants in their heyday. Hakeem Nix, before Victor Cruz, was the guy, was the main man on the offense. He was. And I think it's tough to justify him walking away and getting nothing in return. If you traded him at the trade deadline like it was being reported, I think that's just fine. And I mean, I he, know doesn't he, have has, a, he doesn't have a touchdown this year. I realize he doesn't that. Have a touchdown. It's been an awful, awful season. But if you're a Giants fan, you'd rather have Hakeem Nix in the lineup. Yeah, I would, obviously, but not for not for top tier money. You know, it's he, tough. He's it a really definite, is. definite second or third option wide receiver and he should get paid like it and what happened though he was once that number one guy and all yeah. of a sudden he just he had some injuries I mean he had he the, fell he had, down a he little had bit the more. 11 in 2010 just blew up and then even after that he had seven so you know steady that seven touchdowns I'll take it but then three and then zero I mean it's not just this year I mean he has three touchdowns in two years you know I mean that's tough to justify but I when, think the Giants can get him a little bit cheaper than they once thought they could because the biggest question when they he better was, get him cheaper when for he sure. was putting up sky high numbers now there's no justification to pay him so if somebody like Arizona wants to pay him a lot of money then you can't do anything about mm-hmm. it but Hakeem Nix has to realize like you said his last two seasons have been just awful but awful at the same token the Giants have to realize he's an important part of the offense True. when he's doing his thing so that's the that's the big thing for Jerry Reese yeah. this offseason because will you get somebody better to fill his position? Is Ruben Randall ready to be there? I don't think he is yet, but I like the progression he's going towards. Definitely. I'm kind of in a baseball state of mind. I made the Rivera reference before, but it's like Cano. Like, I was fine that the Yankees did make him a big offer, and you know it just didn't work out. Another team paid higher. That's fine. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I would appreciate if the Giants make a big offer, they make a run at him, but if another team just blows it out and go and can't Akeem do anything says, about it, and Akeem says match it, then then they can't, you know, because he, you know, like, yeah, he's explosive. He has those huge hands. He can make plays, but you know, numbers talk. You, you know, I mean, three touchdowns, two seasons. That's 
That's not top money getting, without a doubt. And here's the other thing. When receivers leave the Giants, they tend to do much worse. Think about Steve Smith. Mm -hmm. He goes to the Rams and the Eagles, and then he retires. Mario Manningham, Super Bowl hero, has barely played for the 49ers. And Kevin Boss, Jake Ballard are guys that were Eli Manning's favorite target in the red zone. Haven't seen them since. You don't hear about them. You don't even hear about them. Exactly. That's so point. if you're the Giants right now, I think you're comfortable with letting Hakeem Nicks go. Are you ready to do so? I don't know if you can, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And that's just a giant philosophy. I'm okay with that. They get a good receiver in the draft. That could be something that works. And think about other guys that still need to prove themselves. Maybe Ramses Barden can finally be the guy on the outside. It's just some big questions for the Giants. Yeah, and, and, you, and you know, DJ, you know, Giants – Giants and fans and us we're trying to say what do the Giants have to play for what they can play for is if JPP you know for example takes a back seat if he does rest the rest of the season then you can see what other options you have in on the team you can see what other players can do I mean it's kind of like glorified preseason games only you know guys are playing for jobs oh, oh, yeah exactly you'll be able to see what the young guys can do because Coughlin he's he's very against young players you know and their opportunities and being able to to get their chances and get their reps in this is the perfect opportunity to you know rest up some of the older guys for next year or the banged up guys and let them get some shots to see what they can do next year so you know it's obviously not ideal but you gotta just look forward to looks towards next season so second straight year of disappointment. Can that justify making changes to the coaching staff? Because Oh, absolutely. Kevin Gilbride has to go. He's awful. I've been saying this for awful. five years yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just so painfully noticeable. And anyone behind the glass, if anyone has ever watched a Giants game, please chime in. You can Kevin guess Gilbride, the plays of Kevin yeah, Gilbride. Literally just awful, awful play caller. I've read so many stories, seen so many comments about it. I mean, he he is two he has two Super Bowl championships. He has two. And no one has ever not even college has offered him a head coaching job. There's Everyone, a reason. There is a reason. I mean the Giants two Super Bowls, there was a lot of luck in winning those two Super yeah. Bowls. A lot of things with the great offensive players but it was just terrible play calling inside the red zone. The Giants have to be one of the historically worst teams over a five-year period in the red zone I have ever seen. And and literally, everyone says it. Eli Manning is a much better player, or the Giants' offense runs so much better when it's doing the when they're doing the two-minute drill because it's just Eli calling the plays. Kevin Kilbride, I, 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 he literally is called. We literally call him Kill Drive because he <laughs> does. He he yep. he stops everything. Horrible play caller. He ha- I would be so upset. I think the fans should be upset. I'd be shocked if he's still on this coaching staff after this season. I'm completely in agreement with you. What about the defense? Perry Fuel for the oh, first God. six games had the historically worst defense ever in the National Football League ever. And Perry Fuel, you know what? It's about time to make a change exactly. because. Yes, you have the longevity, but Nolan, the problem with the Giants is that you think to those Super Bowls, you think they're recent, but this is now the second year that you have failed to reach your goal of making the playoffs, not just getting and trying to go to the Super Bowl, making the playoffs. So if that doesn't justify changes, I don't know what does, but I don't think they're going to make any changes. I mean, if this team bottoms out at 6-10 and and there's all the problems in the red zone and their offense and their defense was the worst to start a season in NFL history, then you're right. Then they might as well just they might as well just sign a 10-year extension because then literally nothing will get these guys out. But if there was ever a year to make changes to the, to the coordinators, offensive and defensively, it would be now. And, and you, it's just awful, awful. Like, what has happened there? And you – 
it just strikes stri- <laughs> literally it's such a nerve just knowing that there's that and like you said there is that chance that they could still stay here but i do have one crazy stat um like actually about it. that only seven teams have a may have won the super bowl and then missed out on the playoffs the two seasons wow. following seven teams giants have had three of those seven teams <laughs> all right that's not surprising that's, at all that that and and obviously two of them have been the last two so it's it's not like a common thing that we're watching here we're seeing the giants struggle just to make the playoffs after winning the super bowl it is historically mind blowing so. giants are just riding that struggle bus right now let's hit new york's other team gang green chris venezia fills us in on what they can do to make a playoff push After a three-game losing streak, last week's win has to be refreshing for Jets Nation. New York's offense had their best game of the season in the 37-27 victory against Oakland. Quarterback Geno Smith threw his first touchdown pass since October 20th and used his legs on a touchdown scramble. Smith was in good spirits after the game. It's great to get a victory. You know, uh, very proud of the way we all collectively came together. Uh, this week, you know, had one of our best weeks of practice and, um, you know, just came out and fought really hard. You know, I saw the intensity and effort from the first snap. The record's still ugly at 6-7, and seven, but New York has a chance at making the playoffs in the second AFC wildcard spot. At this point, every game is a must-win if the Jets want to play in January, and this week's going to be tough. Gang Green travels to Carolina to play a good squad that's lost just one game at home this season. The Panthers will be hungry to bounce back after an ugly loss against New Orleans last week, and they're still fighting for a wild card spot in the NFC. Head coach Rex Ryan knows New York's up against a terrific team. You know, we haven't put two wins together all season. We know how big a challenge is going to be in front of us against Carolina. Carolina has the best run-stopping defense in the NFL and the fifth-best D against the pass. My prediction for the Jets to win, Geno Smith needs to play out of his mind, which I don't see happening. Panthers 24, Jets 10. With the Report, I'm Chris Venezia. That was KV with our weekly Jets report. So, Nolan, here it is. Jets at 6-7. and seven. A mix of teams right now have an opportunity to make the AFC playoff picture at the Carolina Panthers. Now, Carolina is coming off a loss to New Orleans after rolling through a big winning streak. And the Jets, throughout the season, in big games, after wins, have not played well. Is there any way we can trust Geno Smith in showing up for this game this week? The only thing that is going for the Jets about this is the entire season, they have won games where they shouldn't have. I mean... You know, they beat the Falcons on Monday night. Granted, the Falcons haven't turned out to be the team that we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. But uh, <laughs> but, but for real, I mean, everyone thought they were still the NFC championship contending Falcons when they did that. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Saints. I mean, they win the games that they're not supposed to, and they lose the games they're supposed to win. So, I mean, I honestly don't know. I really don't 
I can't say about this game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they get thrashed, if it's embarrassing, if it's a tough loss. But at the same time, they've done it three times previously where they've just shocked the NFL world and pulled off a huge win. I mean, they beat they I mean, they thoroughly beat those same Saints that just laid down a pretty big smackdown on the Panthers. It was Panthers. at home. You know, grant yeah, granted it was at home, but um, you know, honestly, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, I, I don't I'll, think it's out of the question. Yeah, exactly. Like I uh, I'm definitely going to watch. It's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if they get blown out. I wouldn't be surprised if they won. But one thing's for sure, I mean, it's a tough card to be dealt when your season's on the line. You have to pretty much win out, and one of those teams that you have to face are the Panthers. Hey, good news for Jets. They get Jeremy Curley back last week, so finally mm-hmm. Geno Smith has an option to throw to. Stephen Hill's done for the year, Hill's but done, though. has he been giving you much? No, no not really. Not. If true. Antonio Holmes could possibly be the guy he once was, there's your second option. And Kellen Winslow has been good, but the thing that scares me the most is Antonio Cromartie is still dealing with a concussion. And Cam Newton has been lighting it up this year, and Steve Smith is having a great year. And they've yeah, had not, some other – Brandon LaFell I mean, Cromartie has been pretty rough this year, though. I but mean, still, he, he's the best guy back he, there. He, he is. He is. I mean, he's he's done – what. I mean, he is still your best option. You need option, him to but, win, but you, you need him to play well. You need him to be Antonio Cromartie uh, that he can be to win and to do well. So, granted, obviously, him with the concussion symptoms isn't a good thing at all. But – yeah, I don't think it's as detrimental as maybe last year, where he really came out of nowhere to be, you know, all like Pro Bowl status at uh, at corner there. But um, you know, I would love to hear what uh our Jet fans back there behind the glass have to say going into this game. Honestly, I, I'm literally when we do picks, I'm gonna flip a coin when <laughs> when I pick this game because I I really You're have no idea. You're not picking with your head. Noel? I'm not picking with my head. There is no head. There's game. really that much of a debate that you're thinking the Jets could actually win this one. Absolutely. I mean, look at their track record. I mean, look look at the, some of the teams they've beaten. I mean, honestly, what what do Kelly uh, Coltis, our Kelly producer? Coltis you're think? a true Jets fan, so uh, please please give us some insight. Here's here. the thing. I think they have a shot to win. It wouldn't surprise me if they came out ahead of Carolina. I don't think they will win they have a problem with running quarterbacks newton's very elusive so for the jets they're much better against pocket passers guys like drew Brees when they stand in the pocket tom brady that's why they can beat teams like new orleans like new england cam newton scares me a little bit when he uses his legs but at the same time i think the jets may have a shot it depends on how their secondary holds up i mean they have ellis langster right now as their i think second cornerback <laughs> that said taking the rep for Cromartie. guys this a stud week. right kelly so that scares me <laughs> we a have little our bit. full scouting report kelly on what him. about the carolina defense because luke keekley and those boys have been doing some dominant work back there do you see the jets having any rushing success because they can't run the ball how is Geno Smith possibly going to carry this team in the red zone? Well, I was just going to say, San Antonio Holmes said their secondary is their weakest link, so I guess we're just going to have to go to the air then follow Fighting San words from San Antonio. You know, I'd rather see the Jets lose by seeing Geno throw the ball and make it happen instead of going 4 for 10 for 29 yards. I mean, go out. Your season's on the line. If you think the secondary is the weakest part, then go out and attack that secondary and go down fighting. I think they have to. I mean, I don't know how much ground Ivory's going to have in this game. If he gets over 50, 50, 60 yards, I think it's a good game for him. I mean, honestly, like you said, they have number one rushing attack in the league right now, I'm pretty sure. So I don't, I wouldn't go against that. Just, Gino's got to air it out, I think. Curly back in the lineup helps. Holmes has to step up this game. Hopefully his tight end, maybe Winslow Cumberland, we see a lot this game. That's who they got to go to. Here's the good news for the Jets, guys, because Carolina is one of the best teams in the NFC, but Definitely. in my mind they're still unproven. Yes, they just mm-hmm. won eight in a row, but they're still getting used to the concept of playing teams that they should beat. And think back to what happened in Miami a couple weeks ago. They almost lost that game. And, you know, 
everybody's making a big thing of Riverboat Ron Rivera rolling the <laughs> dice and continuing to do the make the yep, decisions he needs. Definitely. But at a certain point, the Jets, with the experience and the veterans that they have leading their squad, this is the type of game they can come and win, depending on how things start off. But like we talked about with Kelly, Cam Newton is an elusive quarterback coming off a game in which he really didn't perform on the big stage. He's going to have something to prove. And Nolan, this this has got to be the quote of the year from Rex Ryan. He when when oh, Cam, yeah. oh, when yeah. Cam yeah, Newton yeah. was coming out of the draft, Rex Ryan said this quote: "Cam Newton can throw a strawberry through a battleship." Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Why if, even if make Rex that Ryan comparison? If Ryan can make any reference to food, at least at that time, he'll make it. But uh, I can just see him saying did, it did casually. You also, did you also see uh, Rex's other quote from this no, week? No, he said, uh, he said uh, he's going to try to convince his brother to let Drew Brees play this Sunday because <laughs> of how bad Brees just uh, torched the Carolina defense. Can't you just see Rex sitting back? Yeah, a guy can throw a strawberry through a battleship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the assistant coach from uh, Waterboy just <laughs> speaking gibberish that no one understands. That's wonderful. It certainly is going to be a very interesting game, to yeah, say the least. So definitely. what are you, you going to make a pick now? We're going to have to wait for no, it? No, yeah, I'm going to flip that coin. going to yeah, flip I'm, that I'm coin. Wait, yeah. All right, you know what? My gut is telling me that Carolina is going to win, but I think the Jets make it close. But you know what? We'll just have to wait and see. So mm-hmm. that does it for our gang green talk. Let's get some fantasy. We're in the thick of the playoff hunt. It's time for our fantasy segment. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. DJ Sixsmith, Nolan Silbernagel, and Bobby Gubin. Nolan, it's ugly sweater day tomorrow at the Rose Hill gym, but somebody didn't tell Bobby Gubin. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah, no, but that's he's still a... he's still showing his jet pride. You know, yeah. he's still got the uh, got the green and white, right and uh, I'm in the playoffs. I beat Kenny last week. Thank just you. For those of you that don't <laughs> from know, from all of us here, say, say one more, every... say it one more time. Say yeah, it one more time. I'm just gonna repeat myself a few more times. Actually, I beat Kenny last week. I actually didn't just beat Kenny last week. Was I destroyed <laughs> Kenny last week. Bobby Rainey didn't uh, come up to play, huh? Well, actually, Bobby Rainey had a really nice game for him. Yeah. But that wasn't enough, touchdown. considering he started EJ Manuel, mm. you who threw just, four picks. Oh. You should be eliminated because of that. Over right? yeah. Tampa, yeah, and he started. So well, how, I mean, his other option like, was Kaepernick at um, against the Seahawks. Against the Seahawks, so it wasn't like he had a great matchup, but still, he would have lost anyway. But. All right, so <laughs> Bobby, you are in the playoffs, still in our FUV league. Kelly Coltis, our producer, is still in. So, what are your main storylines this week going in for Week Fifteen? Well, going into the matchups, uh, I was. Really excited when I saw Phillip Rivers throw two touchdowns uh, in the first half. And then in the second half, they decided to run you know, with Ryan Matthews. Yeah, you know, <laughs> keep Peyton Manning off the field and not throw the ball. So that hurt me. Uh, Demarius Thomas didn't do as well as I would have liked. Uh, he only had four catches for 45 uh, yards, I think. And uh, But, you know, the, there's some better news for Kelly. Uh, on her team, uh, she's facing Kenny DeJean, and he has three Broncos. He had Peyton Manning. Eric Decker and Julius Thomas uh, and Danny Woodhead in that game, mm-hmm. and they all combined for only 35 points, mm. uh, which is you know really Kelly low. lucked out with that one. So I think Kelly's got a nice matchup going forward. Uh, I know she had a question, so I don't know if she wants to. Yeah, ask, let's hear that me. question, Kelly. A big quarterback dilemma for no Revis, no problem. What do you got for us, Kelly? All right, well, Bobby, I gotta ask you, who do I start here? Jay Cutler against Cleveland, or do I go Ryan Tannenhill at uh, against New England at home? I got to go with Ryan Tannehill on this one. Uh, 
The reason being, this is Cutler's first game back. There's talk they may even take him out of the game that's if he's saying. struggling. Uh, that's de- I mean, this is the playoffs. You want to go with at least more of a short thing. You know Tannehill's going to play the full game. You know the Patriots are the favorites, so they're probably going to have to throw the ball. Miami doesn't have a great running game either. The Patriots have actually been uh, suffering uh, these past couple weeks against the past um, they've actually allowed uh, opposing quarterbacks to throw for 284 yards per game and 12 TDs uh, since week eight. So that it, it bodes well. And Tannehill's been playing well of late. So definitely I would go Tannehill, no question, over Cutler. Does the youth come into factor at all? Because this is a guy that's still trying to prove himself. That's Cutler's true. been there, done that. That's but I understand true. This isn't Tannehill's back. first season, but... I mean, given it's not like you know Chicago has that great of a matchup either. Chicago's going Cleveland's up against tough. Cleveland. Cleveland's tough. Uh, you know, I would still, you know, for those of you out there, I wouldn't worry about Joe Hayden against Alshon Jeffrey or Brandon Marshall. I'd still not get cute. I would start both of them. But Cleveland has a a pretty good defense, and yeah, I just I I wouldn't be starting Cutler unless my other options were. Very bad, you know. EJ Manuel bad. Bobby, I just got back into the room, and um, so just real quick, DJ and I were talking a lot about um, how should McCown feel like moving forward, like with color going right back in. Do you think Bears they should have stuck with McCown since he had so much success? <laughs> I think from a fantasy perspective, most people wish they they stuck with Josh McCown. True uh, that. He, he was he was <laughs> killing it, but um, you know, I I think it's the right move ultimately for the Bears. I mean, they're they're out of it this year. Um, and because of that, I think they have to see what Cutler's got. They want to make sure he's definitely their guy going forward. Um, but you know, I I think you can't go with a uh, you can't get rid of a veteran like Cutler over you know for Josh McCown because so, he's had a few couple exactly good games. exactly okay, he's right. had a few good that's games. a good point yeah okay all right Bobby so who are some other players we should be looking at that are must starts this week and maybe some guys that we should just be pulling the reins back on right so uh, at quarterback I like Nick Foles at Minnesota obviously I mean he's been playing really well and Minnesota is a terrible defense uh, Matt Ryan against Washington um, you know Washington's defense again is terrible, and I think that game is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Both defenses. Have been Can you trust bad. Matt Ryan because he's been my fantasy quarterback, and the guy has certainly not been. I the think player this I week. I think this week you can. I mean, okay. not everybody has probably made the playoffs with Matt Ryan as their quarterback, but maybe somebody. This guy didn't. Maybe that's for maybe sure. maybe somebody <laughs> in your league dropped Matt Ryan. I know that's a, a habit amongst yeah. uh, frustrated fantasy owners. Uh, Ruining really st- it, ruining, really, really sticking it yeah, to him. Yeah, exactly. You know? Ruining <laughs> it for everybody else. And I'll show you, Matt Ryan. I'm uh, in the consolation bracket. <laughs> but so maybe if uh, he's available, or if you somehow had him as your number two, I think he'll have a good uh, week against a good game against Washington. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, actually, as I just mentioned, he hasn't thrown a pick since week eight. So, you know, I think he's going to, at minimum, throw for 200 yards. And probably a TD or two, maybe one pick, or a turnover, or a turnover. And given that, I, I think that puts him up into the top fifteen quarterback category. And in a league like ours, where there's sixteen teams, you know, why not? Why not? There's no reason not to start him. Uh, as far as QBs, I don't like Jay Cutler at Cleveland. Uh, you know, we mentioned why it's his first game back. He might get taken out, and Cleveland has a great D. And Tom Brady, believe it or not, not that. If you've made the playoffs with Tom Brady, because he's had an up-and-down season, too. I missed the playoffs in one of my leagues because of that. Look, the bottom line is losing Gronk is huge. It's a huge loss for him. And 
Miami's actually allowed the fourth fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. So I think he has a down game. Now, what does that mean, a down game? I think Like he, last week's game against Cleveland? Worse? Better? Mm, around the same? I think I wouldn't be shocked if he threw for like 220 yards and one TD. I mean, not typical Brady numbers, they, right? Not typical Brady numbers. That's that's the bottom line. You no, know, you lose Gronk. That's, that's exactly tough, tough to rebound from, especially because but you he know, did it the first few. Yeah, weeks yeah, of but the season. but you know what it is because because now he got used to it. You exactly. know, then he got that option. Exactly. He was used. To, it know, changes went, the whole went, scheme yeah, of their offense. He went offense. into that season knowing I'm not gonna have Gronk at the beginning. Let's concentrate without Gronk. Then they're flying along with Gronkowski. They're doing fine, and then he's ripped out. There's again. no replacement. And Gronk just yeah. creates so many matchup problems. So even if you know you're not targeting Gronk, he's opening up you know uh, definitely you know plays for other guys. Uh, Step I never up. bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> though, but good news uh, for the Patriots or for fantasy owners of Patriot players, especially Shane Vereen. Uh, I think he's going to have another great game against Miami. I think he's going to have even more targets with Gronk out. He had. 12 catches last week for wow. 153 yards and yeah, he seven, 17 targets he ripped for, a for a running back. For a running back, that's insane. That's insane. That's, yeah, that's unbelievable. Okay. It's unbelievable. I, I think he's Thank you, Kelly, for trading be, him to me. In, in PPR leagues especially, oh, I mean, going to destroy it this week. Absolutely, you should be starting him. Uh, another running back I like, DeMarco Murray against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's allowed a rushing touchdown in their past four Who games. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think the Cowboys are just going to get uh, – they're not going to get cute against Green Bay. I think they're going to get a lead, and they're just going to keep running the ball and, and win the game. Uh, and I think uh, also running backs that I don't like, uh, Chris Johnson against Arizona. Well, you've never liked Chris I've Johnson, never liked so. Chris Johnson <laughs> and Arizona. Arizona's a good defense. Yeah. So you'll never, ever pick up Chris Johnson again? Probably not. Do you not. know the story, Prob- though? Pro- he, probably no, I know. not. Oh, I know. He ruined oh, the season for Bob. Yeah, Pro- yeah. Probably not. I will probably you never, write a letter never draft Chris Johnson. But I will say this. Ever. The year he ran for 2,000 yards, I won my league. So I have that. Well, but of course. <laughs> you had a 2,000 uh, So I still hold that true <laughs> so to So him. you still have a soft spot yeah. in your heart for yeah. uh, um, Chris Johnson? Other running backs that I don't like, uh, Bobby Rainey against San Francisco. Look, what we've seen from Bobby Rainey is this. He has talent. But against you know good front sevens, he's he struggles, uh, and I think that's going to be the case again with San Francisco, um, and Chris Ivory against Carolina. You guys were talking about it. The Jets are going to have to try to run the ball. The best way the Jets can run the ball is by they're going to have to throw some deep balls. They're going to have to let Geno air it out. Now, even if there's tons of incompletions, that's fine. They have to make the defense. They when they play so conservative, and I think this is what Rex Ryan is realizing. Not only does it get in Geno's head, but it gets in the other team's defense. They expect shorter routes, run plays. They pack the box. They play tighter. And there's just not as much room for explosive, you know. It uh, makes it tough. Yeah, plays. So it makes it tough. And I think the only way the Jets can even win that game is if Chris Ivory, at minimum, they have to have at least 80 yards rushing on the ground overall. Now, you think he's getting overall. There? I don't think Chris yeah. Ivory gets to 80 yards. Okay, because Kelly, I, I I Kelly was saying it's a Kelly was saying it's a good day if he gets 50 or 60. Yeah, I, I, but there's a chance he gets a touchdown. So if it's starting a guy like Mike Wallace at flex over or Chris Ivory, you're still starting Chris Ivory. Okay. Uh, wide receivers, I like uh, Roddy White against Washington. 24 targets over the past two games. Everybody who owns Roddy White, including me in another in another league. 
It's like, oh, now he finally shows yeah, up. This thanks. is the Roddy oh, way we drafted. Yeah, injury, yeah. yeah uh, you know, no, I'm week with you 15, on that one. Yeah. Now, now you show up, you know. But what are you going to do? That's fantasy. You can't predict injuries, uh, you know. And But I think he, if you somehow managed, again, to pick him up or whatever, going forward, he can win you the championship. Uh, Deshaun Jackson against Minnesota. Nick Foles is going to have a field day against uh, against the Vikings defense. Uh, and Julian Edelman against Miami. I think they can't all go to Vereen. And or Amandola. he's had or well, and Amendola has been quiet. Uh, I think Pete, um, we've seen Tom Brady develop more of a rapport with uh, Edelman, and he's had a really nice game, uh, six or more catches the past three games. So I think he's going to benefit the most from Gronk being out. Wide receivers, I don't like uh, Mike Wallace. I just don't like Mike Wallace ever, um, but especially not against. He'll come back to bite you one. Especially day, Bobby. not after a week after just when you thought you could trust him. He had two nice weeks in a row, and then last week he goes and has two catches for nineteen yards. Especially against his former team. Mike, Wa- Mike yeah. Wallace is one of those guys for everybody listening out there. Never draft him. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I, let some other fool draft Mike Wallace. Don't draft my. He's just not reliable. He's not reliable. I don't. I don't know why anybody would ever draft him. But going forward, uh, and Victor Cruz against Seattle. Uh, he hasn't had a TD in week since week four, and the Giants have just been all over the place in the passing game. And Kendall Wright against Arizona. I think the Titans are going to have a very low scoring game. When uh, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, you can only do exact, so much. Exactly. Yeah, Grab yeah, a book, yeah. Mister Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at tight end, I love Jordan Cameron going against Chicago. Campbell is back. That's your the, guy, right? The Bears there. are surrendering their third most yards to opposing tight ends. Right now, I'm starting him over Rashad Jennings at my flex. Now, that's pretty. Wow. That's pretty bad. I don't that's know if I'm going to do that going forward. It's yeah. close. I'm still on the edge. I, I support you with that. But, I mean, he's been it's a better, up some numbers. I look at it this way: he is a better matchup in going against how's a, Chicago. How's Gronk's outlook looking for? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, and Rashad Jennings is going up against the Chiefs. So, you know, Cameron has the edge in the in the um, matchup, but. I think Rashad Jennings will get more touches, but but you can count on Cameron for maybe a touchdown or two. Uh, Jennings, I don't know if you can I, count I, on him. For I, would say, I would like to. Think I would that, say it's but. more likely that Cameron scores yeah. than Jennings gets to the end zone. I, the obviously, Chiefs. Jennings is going to have more more touches, but yeah. still, yeah, Cameron's going to be a value. Yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, I'm of the thinking that more often than not in fantasy, it pays to have the guy that has more touches, just because touchdowns. If you try to gamble with touchdowns, That's more often than dilemma. not, you're going to lose. Touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because we're uh, FUV is a PPR league, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, tight end, other tight ends I like Charles Clay against New England. Uh, he's actually quietly been the fifth fifth best scoring yeah, tight end in the league. Uh, they're gonna have to throw to beat New England, and I think Tannehill has shown a, a pretty good relationship with Charles Clay. So why not? Uh, and Kobe Flaner against Houston. The Texans have given up four touchdowns to opposing tight ends in their last five games. So Andrew Luck, you know, throws it a lot to Flaner. So I would be stunned if he didn't get a touchdown. Uh, tight ends I don't like. Martellus Bennett against Cleveland. Let's just face it. He's had fewer than 50 yards in five of the past six games. He's too TD dependent. You, you can't rely on him. Haven't heard about the guy since he had that game-winning yeah. TD I early mean, on in the I season, I mean, now right? that Cutler's back, there's a shot sure. that he plays better because Cutler actually but loves Martellus Bennett. But you're thinking Jeffrey yeah, Marshall but, first, uh, yeah. sure. Uh, and Scott Chandler against Jacksonville, just in case anyone out there is thinking about, <laughs> oh, let me play the matchup and, you know, bench – you know, Vernon Davis if you're and starting Scott, Scott Chandler, Chandler in the playoffs, you oh. need prayer. That's for sure. <laughs> well, then, then I, you're in a league full of scrubs. Well, that you I, made I, look it that at, far. I look at it this like, way that if you sometimes people get cute and they go, oh, this is a better matchup, you know, they'll throw, you know, no, don't do that. Just yeah, you got to stick to your this, horses. You've, exactly. You've made it this far. Go with the guy 
you know, that's uh, one got you there, uh, you know, regardless of the matchup. By the way, just real quick, because just because I don't have much to say about fantasy football ever since I was eliminated unfairly. Um, remember, unfairly. How, remember how I was trying <laughs> to ship off uh, Jericho Cotri and everyone said, no, no, no. Yeah. Ever since week nine, no uh, wide receivers, more touchdowns. During than him during that stretch seven yeah you were trying to just pawn him off to anybody you could he has nine touchdowns on the season I mean like come on he's a viable good option but you know you guys missed out but he's one of those players and this brings me to a large point where you just you look at that and you go but how it doesn't it you doesn't don't have to make know how sense. you just but, understand but fantasy, that it's why but, why it's no, happening but this, it's, and, it's, and I'll explain this from a fantasy philosophy perspective. You always want to go with what's more likely to happen, what's more logical logical to happen. And looking at the Steelers team, Jericho Cotri going into the season was clearly, clearly the number three, if that, okay? There was no reason for him to have the season he's had. Well, he, had. Well, he has. He has had it. But I'm sure someone would have enjoyed to have him on his roster. You know, it He's was hard for you his to, inner jet. It was hard for you to think that that jets. was going was to continue good. going forward. Okay. All right, Bobby Gubin, you're going to stick around. We love your fantasy advice, but we want to get some picks. It's that time of the show, people. Let's do it. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. You want me to kick it off? All right, Bobby, you're here with us. Kick it off, my friend. Uh, just, I might as well mention this. I do have the best picks record in addition to being alive. Uh, uh, you can do it all, playoffs, folks. Bobby, so. let, let me bend down to you and bow, bow <laughs> over, you know, once the uh, show's over. I'll, ben, I'll bow down to the sweater. That's yeah. it. <laughs> in Jets, uh, Jets going against Carolina. Look, I'm a huge Jets fan, but in Carolina, I think the Jets have a shot, but I got to go with Carolina. All right. Heads, Jets, tails, Carolina. Moment of truth. That was an awful flip. Jets. We're going Jets, baby. <laughs> All right, let's go behind the glass and start it off with Kelly Coltis. Who you got, Kelly? You going with your Jets? Every time I pick the Jets, they lose, so I'm going with Carolina this week. All right, what good about job. You? What about That's you, a Cat true Burns. Jets fan. What do you got? Carolina. Julian? Look, Jets have no shot because they can't run the ball. They need to run the ball to pass, but I'm still picking them. <laughs> <laughs> He just continues to defy logic, folks. Julian Atienza, but I'm going to go with the Panthers. All right, guys, next game, Giants against the Seahawks. G-Men at home. Gubin, who you got? Seattle. It's not even close. You got to go it's Seahawks. It's not even close. You got to go Seahawks. Anybody picking Seattle? Anybody picking New York? Who we got? I got to go with Seattle, guys. Pat? Seattle. Julian? Seahawks, Giants are done. All right, I'm going Seattle as well. All I right. think that's the first straight sweep of the season. Straight sweep. Next game, so. Bengals so, at yeah. Steelers Sunday night football. Steelers going to respond after a tough loss last week, Bobby? This one was really close. If Pittsburgh had something to play for, I would pick Pittsburgh all the way. But because they don't, and because the Bengals are still fighting for the two seed, I got to go with the Bengals. Steelers at home, Nolan? Uh, no, nah, I'm going to go Bengals. Kelly, what do you think? Steelers at the big ketchup bottle, Heinz Field. I'm going to go with the Bengals, DJ. They, have a, they had a heartbreaking loss last week. They're, they're still reeling from that. Cincinnati's taking this one. What do you think, Pat? I'm going Pittsburgh. I think Cincinnati's going to go 2-1 and one down the stretch because I think New England's going to go the same and still get the two seed. Atienza? I think Pittsburgh's got a lot of pride, but we've seen that all these kind of Pittsburgh, like the home field, you can't win in Pittsburgh. I think that's all been disproven this year. Definitely. I'm going with the Natty. I'm a big Cincinnati guy. I think they can make some noise in the playoffs, but give me the Steelers at home with something, just something to fight for. That's pride, my friends. All right, next game, Packers at Cowboys. No Aaron Rodgers, any shot for Green Bay, Bobby Gubin? No, none at all. 
like I said, I think Dallas just comes in there, plays a smart, you know, no stupid penalties, no stupid turnovers, just gets it done. Romo choking, Nolan? No, nah, I, I mean, I think Cowboys, they're going to be the ones to win the East, so uh, I don't see them losing to a Rogerless Packers. Kelly, you buying Matt Flynn this week? Not at all. I'm taking Dallas, but Nolan, you're wrong. Philly's winning the NFC East. Oh, boy. Pat Burns. Dallas at home. Dallas, DeMarco Murray going to rumble, bumble, and stumble <laughs> all over the Packers. Des Bryant is going to tear up that Packers secondary. Give me the Cowboys by two TDs. All right, maybe the most intriguing game of the week, Baltimore at Detroit. Lions trying to take a top. The NFC North, Baltimore Ravens right in it. Who you got, Bobby? I think it's not that close. I think if it's as long as it's not another another blizzard, <laughs> I, I think Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson uh, can easily manage over the Ravens. Lions yeah. lost at home to the Bucks earlier this season. What do you I think? That's because they had Bobby Rainey. Uh, no, <laughs> but for real, uh, Lions, even though they have the same record as the Ravens, Ravens just have not impressed me all year. Got to go with my hometown. Give me the Lions. Kelly, you like Joe Cool on the road this week? Absolutely. Give me Flacco, Baltimore. What do you think, Pat Burns, Reggie Bush coming back? Can he help him win? Uh, no, I'm taking Baltimore as well. They, they have fight. They've got a, they've got a lot of character. Julian? It's going to be a dog fight all the way down, but give me the Detroit Lions. Um, I just think that the Ravens are going to fall down to the pack and make it, you know, this AFC wildcard race even more interesting. I'm still not a believer in the Baltimore Ravens. I like Definitely. what Detroit has done this year. Give me the Lions. All right, guys. Now it's time for our upset pick of the week. Gubin, start us off. Uh, I'm going to go Kirk Cousins and Washington over Atlanta. I, I don't see why that could Can that happen. really be an upset? Is that is that that's not yeah, a, it's a six, you're six and a half point favorite, the Falcons. Oh man. Oh my god. Nolan and I like to go reckless. I, I, I do I go reckless with these upset picks. I picked Vikings over Ravens last time and I almost won, so that's the thrill of it. Give me uh give me Browns over Bears. I like that one. Alright, behind the glass, what we got, Kelly? I'm taking Tampa Bay at home over the 49ers. Ooh, Tampa Bay at home. Fear Bobby Rainey. What do you got, Pat? Oakland over Kansas City. Oh, that could okay. be interesting. All right. Joy? Okay. I was going to say Titans over Arizona, but I knew Nolan would give me uh, <laughs> something for that. That's a fine so I'm going to say the Miami fine. Dolphins going to take down Tom Brady with the Gronk and the Gronkless Patriots. Okay, I was thinking cool. about that one, but I'm going Houston over Indianapolis. Give me Wade Phillips. Give me the fighting Texans, <laughs> even though they're trying to get the number remember one the pick. Remember the Alamo, right? They're playing. <laughs> they're playing for, they're remember the Alamo. Remember that Arian Foster stock is dropping each and every day. And in the financial market as well, Bobby Gubin. So that are all the upset picks of the week. It's been a fun time on this show. show. It should be a great week of football. I'd like to thank Kelly Coltis, our producer, Pat Burns, our engineer, Julian Atienza, our supervising producer of the show, the executive producer of WFEV Sports, Bob Ahrens, Bobby Gubin with the fantasy, my main man, Nolan Silbernagel. This is DJ Sixsmith. Here's to football. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.